And please welcome Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, your no excuses coach. You are the place where I help you elevate your mind, body, and soul to have a kick-ass, unstoppable life, to become a rock star in your life by eliminating your excuses and your tolerations. I'm excited to be here. I'm going to bring my sister from another mister who I've known for a few years. We met on Clubhouse. Um, when I started hearing her voice and her words of wisdom, I was, I was immediately captivated, as you will be too. Uh, she's got an amazing story. She's got an amazing history, but she's got resiliency. She's got spunk and she's got answers that will help elevate your life. Please welcome to the Raw and Unscripted show, Courtney Fighter. Courtney, my sister, how are you tonight? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted show. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. When I first came into that intro, I was like, am I going into an MMA fight? <laughs> <laughs> you are ready. Are you pumped up? Yeah, are you yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's good. You yeah, are. Thank you for having me, Chris. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you. It's a great, it's a great opportunity for us to catch up. Cause I know periodically we catch up offline, but it's a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. I always love having people's attention for, for a solid 45 minutes. So thank you for being here because as you and I were talking behind stage before we went live, you're accomplishing a lot, you're doing a lot. And so my question to you tonight, Ron and scripted, cause we talked about the fact that I didn't do much preparation for this conversation because I knew we would roll. Mm -hmm. What do you want most for people to walk away from this conversation tonight? What do you want really to get across to people in their lives and what do you want them to implement? I'd say if I'm boiling it down to one point, I want people to remember to make space for themselves. I think with the world on fire and everything happening and particularly people that are partners or business owners or parents or all of the above, and, and in a lot of cases, women really fall into this with a lot of those roles, but also men, I think we are just spending so much time and attention on what's happening in the world and so much time and attention on other people's needs. We really lose track of our individual identities and we really lose track of the care that comes with nurturing that, you know, and constantly nurturing that. And so, yeah, I, I feel like with all the chaos that's happening, people find that to often feel like selfishness when really I think it's truly the foundation of being able to show up and foundation of being able to be there for other people, even those that are closest to you. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really think that that's the center point. And I think it's really a lost message. We have very loud inner critics right now. We're listening to a lot of noise. It, it's really time to reset. And, and, and my perspective is it's time to take old, go back to old and make old into new, um, mm. you know, go back to some simpler ways. I love that. I love that. So tell me about your journey and how you came to believe that that's such an important message. Cause I, you said that word and they're selfish and I, I'm all about going back to, you know, me, I'm all about the root of the situation, not the symptom of the situation. And yeah. so for me, I think back to our childhood conditioning, that, that period between zero and five where we're, mm -hmm. where all of our beliefs and our attitudes are created about, you know, being self, stop being selfish. You know, you have to share, mm -hmm. you have to give, talk to us about your journey with that and why this message is so important to you now. There are a few layers to that for me, but you know, when I was really little, I, I was always leadership oriented. If I, I do a lot of practice and work with the Enneagram and if anyone knows the Enneagram and knows the numbers, I'm an eight and eights are known to be extremely autonomous, extremely sovereign, extremely resilient. But I showed those qualities when I was really little. Um, and also I feel like it became a standard, you know, it became something that everyone in my life relied on. And I really, I was just right. I think a blog post or something about this a few days ago, it really became something that I hid behind and hung my hat on 
to do that for others in or and 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 it felt selfless, right? It felt good and it felt harmonizing and it felt protective of other people. But really, I I was losing my identity within that all the time. So you know, it's interesting. Like I really think that it took until maybe the last several years when I really got beneath that and said okay, what has that created for me in all the systems of my life, in the way that I parent, in the way that I show up in, in work and as an entrepreneur, in the way that I show up in helping and supporting corporate people and, and you know, friends. And you know, it, it, I almost really got to a point where vulnerability was kind of totally shrouded under that harmonization and no one tried to dig for it because they were perfectly happy with me protecting them and taking care of them and harmonizing. It was easier for them. But meanwhile, I wasn't being myself, you know? So I, I think really this came about for me as a, a self protection, self resurrection, I guess, element to sort of like find that within myself and say, this is important. This is central. I have to do this. And actually a lot of things have fallen into place since then work has gotten almost easy. Like things just fall in when you get to that place. I think, um, you attract, I mean, you were talking about the secret, like there is that, there's that reality around, you know, the people you spend the most time with and the energy you spend the most time with is really the way you show up, whether mm -hmm. or not you think you are. So I think you and I've had conversations about this in clubhouse years ago, like that idea yeah. of your you know closest circle and how that reflects on you. And, and, and I'm, also in the process of trying to help remind people that relationship is everything. It's not just like your partner or your mom or your child. It's, it's like people you interact with on social media, it's everybody. And you really have to curate, you know, where you are and how you are, I think to be able to protect your energy and reclaim that sacred energy. Mm, I love what you talk about, sister. I mean, it's so valid, so, so important because so many times we're serving other people in the hopes that we get served back. Like we think right. about, oh, if I make this person happy, if I make that person happy, then I can be happy. And I know that's the way I based my success on for so many years. It was like, who do I have to be for this person? Who do I have to be for that person in order mm -hmm. for them to like me and love me? How do I, how do I get the next paycheck? How do I get the next relationship? How do I get the next friend? How do I, who do I need to impress? And the only person that I was impressing were them. And then at the end of the day, I was exhausted and I was depleted. And it wasn't until I realized realized I wasn't being congruent with who I truly am in my core. And right. so many people would, when I made that shift and I sat there and I realized I need to be who I need to be, I can't yeah. be who you need me to be. And I got so much flack for that. Talk to us about that journey and how we can let go of that, that, that idea of that, of the judgment. And, you know, like, oh, I'm so worried about the opinions and judgments of so many other people. I heard it said recently by Greg Cardone, who's not my favorite person in the world, but he was talking about the fact that, you know, in so many years after we're passed, you know, how many people are going to really truly remember us? And we're so yeah. worried about that judgment and that validation from other people because, again, it goes back to that childhood conditioning. Oh, if, if Courtney does good, then Courtney's then Courtney gets rewarded. If Courtney does bad, right. then she doesn't get rewarded. Talk to us about that, what's been like, what that's been like for you and having to let people go and, and how you process that. Yeah, that's a big one for me because it's very multi-layered. Like there were periods in my life, you know, even decades ago now where I had to let go of whole groups of people because I had formed relationships around a bad pattern. You know, I had formed connections and allowed myself to be in service of a bad pattern. And really at that point, you're part of the problem, you know, oh, yeah. and so, or the, sen the center of the problem or are the problem. And so I think that, 
you, when you can acknowledge that and say, I don't like how I'm showing up. I don't recognize who I'm showing up as. And that requires finding your identity, right? Which is a whole nother rabbit hole. So I think, you know, there's a lot of layers to it, but at the simplest layer, I think people can really benefit from stepping back from like really examining their relationship with other people's feedback. And the simplest way to do that, I think, is like looking at social media. So if you're in your social media space, wherever that is for you, and you see a, you know, a post that doesn't get liked or reacted to or shared or, or there's some kind of relationship with something you've put out there that feels vulnerable to you, and you aren't getting the feedback you're looking for, it's really worth examining kind of that Byron Katie perspective, like, is it real? You know, like, what is really going on here? You know, and, um, if someone doesn't return your call, like more than likely it's to do with something going on with them, not something you did to them. Like, I think there's this recovering people pleaser thing that mm -hmm. takes a lot. It's almost like an addiction because you're yep. so accustomed to that dopamine hit that comes with the positive feedback loop. It's really important to step back from that and take a closer look at what's happening for you within that and see if you're being taken care of. Like the, the comment you just made, you know, that you weren't getting the reciprocity that you needed and you were looking for, you were hoping for wanting or, or trying to earn, you know, th that's something I have to check myself on every single day. I, I know yeah. that I think my husband reminded me of that like two days ago. It's like, you know, you're, you're giving more than you're getting. And he doesn't mean it in a selfish way, but he's got a very healthy sense of self-preservation. Whereas yeah. I have less of that. And that sounds like it might be good, but it's not, you know, um, I think there's a lot to be said for knowing where to draw those boundaries and where to hold the line and then being bold enough to, you know, evict some people. Like it's really important to curate all the time. And, and, you know, and I think it's really important to remember and recognize the relationship isn't, it's not indefinite just because it was good at one point. You know, you see that with things like intimate relationships, like divorce and things. But I think we forget that like business relationships and friends, they have seasons too, and they yeah. might come and go. Like sometimes it comes back and that's okay. But I really believe that if you speak in your integrity and you don't even really have to speak up about the, the disconnection. You can just actually choose to have a smaller audience in a certain place, or you can choose to, I've chosen to, other than situations like this, where I'm going into somebody else's platform, I've chosen to really step back from video and really be almost all audio only because I'm trying to soothe nervous, nervous systems. And I'm trying to soothe my own nervous system and preserve my energy. And it's turning into a really, really awesome feedback loop. So I, I think often when we take care of ourselves, what we put, out, put back out is really what people need without us trying to please them. When we try to please them, it, it can be cloying. It can be too much. It can be unasked for or uninvited help we're trying to offer. Like often it doesn't work. So we're really more in the feedback loop of reciprocity and care if we're just being who we are and then letting the people that respond to us organically be our audience. You know, like we have the whole world. We have the whole globe to reach. We just need to put awareness out about where we're operating from purely, be in our creativity, be in our lane, be in our flow. Like there's a lot to be said for just like easing into it and just letting mm -hmm. it happen. I can't agree with you more. I'm going to be talking to you for like three hours on the show. So many things you said there to unpack. There was the, but the thing I really want to hone in on is the fact that when you get congruent with who you truly are, your vibe attracts your tribe. I mean, that's a cliche, but it's so, so true. Like when I was a suit and tie speaker, I was attracting a lot of people. I was very famous. I was very well paid. And I was on a trajectory to become on the circuit, if you will, you know, with the Mark mm -hmm. Victor Hansons and everybody else. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't one time until one time I came off stage, we're in the suit and tie and I looked around the, the speaker's room and I'm like, 
we're basically all saying the same thing. We've all got the little hand clasp, you know, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm a biker. I'm a rocker. I feel uncomfortable in this thing. You know, I'm not attracting, I'm attracting people because they think that I'm being a version of myself that I'm truly not who I am. What would it be like if I actually just was myself? And that scared the shit out of me. Cause I thought if I'm just going to be a rocker and a biker and a smart ass and swear, there's nobody going to show up and see me. Right. Mm -hmm. I have to fit into this, this cookie cutter, uh, idea of what a professional speaker is. And that's when I joined a mastermind who actually where I met Patty at. Um, and I sat there and I talked to these people. I'm like, I just want to be me. And I said, I just want to disrupt the speaking industry. I just want to totally be me. And they said, do it. You know, that's what's needed right now. We need people like you to go out there and be who you are, because so many times we, we, we cater ourselves to be everybody else for them, for that validation, like you were saying before. But the thing I want to hone in on, is you've said it a few times is boundaries. Right. Mm -hmm. And I talk to people in my coaching clients. My big thing is tolerations. Like when you sit there and you stand back of what it is that you're tolerating from yourself, from other people and from inanimate objects. I was just working with somebody recently. We're doing a, a kind of a, as you go coaching thing. And she mm -hmm. said, Chris, that's been one of the most powerful things that I've ever done in my life is to really sit and look at what I'm tolerating. Because yeah. when you sit back at it and I, and I encourage people to do this, when you look at what you're tolerating from yourself, from other people and from inanimate objects, and you think, okay, what are the big three that I can cut? Or what's like one third of the small ones that I can cut. What would that bring me? What mm -hmm. freedom would that bring me to no longer put myself in a situation where I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, or I'm, I'm being overextended or something like that. Talk to us about boundaries and talk to us maybe about a particular episode in your life where you didn't have boundaries. And now you went through this, the situation, maybe it was a low point in your life. What caused you to create boundaries and what recommendations do you have for people to create their own boundaries? Cause I, I believe, I don't think, I believe that when we get serious about that and we draw those lines, that some amazing things can happen. Like you said, that we can attract the right people in our life. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I think the conclusion I came to is that we have a finite amount of energy, right? And you have to make space if you want to put something new in. And I'm someone who's always thinking something new. I'm I, I'm very high energy in lots of ways in terms of my output, but I'm not actually super extroverted. Uh, I have a kind of an extroverted communication style, but I'm not very extroverted. So I really need time to restore. And for a long time, I thought I was the opposite. So, you know, and I didn't realize that, that that's a neurological thing. Like the way you're wired is the way you're wired. And when you don't take care of that and you don't live in your behavioral reality, whoever you are, not even like the image you have of yourself, but let's get like really nitty gritty because that's my core work is like working as a behaviorist and understanding people through the Enneagram. Like we do have a way that we were born behaviorally that, you know, completely informs our motivations and our why and all that. And if we don't operate with that, we're in this like separation, this cognitive dissonance. And we're literally burning through our energy because we're fighting ourselves all the time, right? So there's that layer. So that's the sort of relationship with self boundary, in my opinion. And then the relationship with others boundary, you know, there's a lot of examples, like there are a lot that are very individual and very specific and, and kind of like individual big situations over time. But one really clear one I can I can offer that just happened this last summer. I was creating a digital platform. I didn't have a lot of extra time because I was doing that and still doing extra work for clients. I had spent the last several years being ever, not everywhere, but like being pretty present. Like I was showing up to people's clubhouse rooms and I was showing up in all these different places for people and they for me as well. But it was very time consuming. And I finally got to a point over the summer where I was like, okay, I'm clipping back a whole bunch of social media, including whole platforms. I'm, I'm just going to make a blanket commitment to not participating in other people's spaces for a period of time while I get this work done. And I'm going to really limit how much participation I put out there. 
and only limited to a few places. And the biggest thing I did, I honestly, I cut back my Instagram audience from like, I don't know how many I was following, a couple thousand to 35 people. Wow. And so I still have a list of people I go visit that I care about, but I only have people in that that I'm either directly working with or I have, or I get like some kind of inspiration or energy from to do my own posts. Just that alone, narrowing down my feed has changed my whole experience because it's so much less noise. And then when I'm going out and looking at your profile, for instance, I'm doing it with intention. Like I'm there on purpose. I'm there sharing things. I'm there very intentionally. So I got really clear about my clarity, my intentionality and my discipline in order to get that project done because I had a window and, and, and also during that project, I was developing a system for women to come home to themselves and reclaim their sacred energy and find their worthiness and, you know, look at relationship as choice, not obligation and really curate a home that was like a safe space and really soothing. So like the work I was designing was also literally the recipe I followed to get to where I got to, to be in this flow state on a regular basis. A lot of it for me is purely, it's very objectively making space. And I had to go out to certain people and say, I'm not going to be in these spaces and here's why, but I need you to, you know, I want you to understand. And they were, they were quite understanding for the most part. And those who weren't like, probably aren't going to be all that present in in my life going forward. And that's fine. Maybe they will be consumers of my content. That's okay. Maybe they won't be, but I, I, I just got a really good sense of that. And I got a really good anchor around very consciously letting business come in and work come in and the right places for me to be come in and not chasing as much. Like that sounds kind of counterintuitive because I've always been an earner. I've always been a scrapper. I've made my own money since I was 10 years old. Um, you know, I, I was always that person that was ahead of the curve on, you know, taking care of herself that way. On, but I got to a point where I was like, I am so tired of hustling and there's no need. There's really mm-hmm. no need because truthfully, you know, you do things, I do things. I'm sure there's some area of overlap, but there is so much difference between who you are and who I am. There's zero competition ever, no matter what circumstances. We could be exactly the same training, exactly the same certifications, and it still doesn't matter. We're such different people. We're going to approach it so differently. There's literally no one else in the world who does the thing you do, be it work or relationship or whatever, that is like you or can ever be like you. So it's like that cookie cutter space in the world for you there's a place made for you. You just have to inhabit it. And I think we need to get back to more of this embodiment and get away from all responding to noise. We've just been knee jerk responding to noise. And I was, I was part of the problem or I was central to the problem. So I really, in order to practice my work in the way I'm trying to had to stop. I had to be like hard limit. If I'm going to tell people not to do this, I can't do it. Mm. Courtney, I love that. There's there's so many places to jump off in there as well. And I, you said the word vulnerability a couple of times, and I want to key in on that because so many times we think being vulnerable is a weakness. Like I can't ask yeah. for help. I was helping somebody the other day and like, I just feel bad asking for help. And I'm like, why? Are you okay with other people asking for your help? Well, yeah, yeah, I feel good about helping. I'm like, so why are you robbing that person from that experience of being able to help them? Being in a vulnerable situation is, is about truth. And I think that's what one of the great things that you bring to the table. I've heard you so many times in Clubhouse talking about, you know, getting people connected to their why and getting people connected to the root system of the problem. That's one of the things that attracted me the most to you is like so many people deal in the symptom of things, right? Yeah. You know, I feel this, I think this, but when we get to the root of things, you know, there becomes some clarity. Like you said, I got to get to the root of what's going on here and I need to take care of myself. I need to protect my boundaries and I'm willing to let people go and I'm willing to let things go in order to 
have space for other things to come in. And I love what you said about the fact that we don't need to be hustling that. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes there's more than enough out there, but we, we live with that scarcity mindset and we mm -hmm. think, Oh my God, where's my next deal going to come from? Where's my next job going to come from? Where's my next relationship going to come from? What if it never happens? And we sit there and we sit in that space and that's what our, that's what our frequency becomes. And that our frequency, you know, we know that's what is part of that law of attraction is like, if we're operating in that space, that's what we're going to attract because that's what we're focusing on the most. Right. And we know about the reticular activation system and the fact that if I tell you to look around your room and tell me everything that's red, you can go, okay, that's red, that's red, that's red, that's red, that's red. But if I say, Courtney, what's green? You can look at me and say, Chris, you were telling me to focus on what's red. And <laughs> yeah. that same principle applies in our life. Talk to us about how we can get more comfortable with that vulnerability, but how can we, how can we get more connected to our truth? Because I think so many times we lie to ourselves in, and we think we're going to get away with it. You know, like I'm sitting there, I, I'll talk to people all the time. I'm like, when are you going to stop lying to yourself about this and that? And they're like, no, I'm not lying to myself. I'm like, well, talk to me about how that's being framed. And so many times we are actually lying to ourselves. How can we get people to be more honest and truthful about the situation where they're in and take action to, to, to nail that route, right? When I ask people, are you happy in your marriage? Yes or no. And they're like, well, sort of. I'm like, no, it's a yes or no. No. Yeah. Okay. What is it that you're going to do? What is it that you're willing to give up or what is it that you're willing to do and take on and, and communicate in order for that to change? Because hoping, wishing, and praying is not going to make any difference in that. Talk to right. us a little bit about that. Cause I'd be excited to hear what your thoughts are on that. Well, I mean, I think when I very first, so I came from owning a brand agency and then gradually worked into organizational strategy and development and, and coaching technically certified coaching. And then, and then furthered that into the practice of getting accredited in the Enneagram. And so that's where I put a lot of my focus now. And a big reason I do that is because when I early days learning to teach leadership development, not necessarily do it, but teach it, um, obviously you're kind of learning it as you're learning to teach it. Sure. There were these principles of like, everybody needs vulnerability. Everybody needs trust. And like, and those are, things are true to a degree, but through the Enneagram, I've really learned that everybody has different issues, needs, barriers, boundaries. And I like to use a system like that to query who a person is and get to the heart of exactly the missing links in that person. Because sometimes if you say, hey, hey, Chris, can you be more vulnerable for you? It might be accessible. But for an Enneagram 8 like myself, vulnerability is like the hardest thing. So, you know, I think we all have an area we need support in and an area we're better about asking for help is a little bit one of those universal truths again. But um, I think it's a little it's it's part getting specific about people's needs and getting specific about what an individual needs to shift and, and helping them through that, like letting them have some guidance and some support. And, and that is help and assistance we all need. And part of it is. Um, being able to utilize the new principles in the right way. For instance, vulnerability can stereotypically be looked at as weakness and that's an issue. On the flip side, I've seen a lot of people really leverage vulnerability for a selfish outcome and use it as collateral in a way that's not healthy because they're trying to say, I'm, I'm falling apart. You need to help me instead of vulnerably saying, I need you. Do you have space for this? You know, um, so I think it's really complicated in some ways because I think we really have to understand and decipher who people are to a greater degree than we tend to. I think we've lost some of our observational skills because we're so busy with all the noise. We've lost some of that being in person, being in touch, human nature, watching body language, listening. That's why I liked Clubhouse and why I like anything that's voice only is, you know, really listening to the inflection in people's yeah. voice 
goes a long way. Like it was a long time before I ever saw you on Zoom or, you know, other friends of ours on on uh, platforms where I wasn't just listening to them. And you have to wait for timing. You know, you have to make space for people um, in a way that's so. I don't know if I'm answering your question there, but I, I just really think that the principles um, are very complex. And for me, it's been a system of getting away from the stereotypes, like be yeah. vulnerable, be grateful and getting more into the minutia. Like, okay, great. Do all those things. Like you need to do that. Right. I need to do that. But you and I are wired very differently. So we're going to go about it differently. And I think that's where a lot of people get disabled is they just don't, or feel disabled is they just don't understand how to process that through their own lens and they're trying to make themselves into a version of somebody else chris does it this way so i need to do it chris's way yeah. well no probably they need to do it their way but mm -hmm. you're a harbinger of light you're a lighthouse for that right so they can grab onto that but they still need to put it through their own filter and have their own recipe so like really that's my passion of my life's work is helping people discover that formula Mm, I love that. I love that. And when the, the, the conversation I've been leading us up to is the fact that so many times I find that people don't value themselves. Like over the course of COVID, I was giving out these coaching sessions. This is my way of giving back. And there was this little whisper about the 15th one. And I did it probably about 125 of them all said done over a couple of years. And I heard this little whisper that says, ask them, do they love themselves? Yes or no. And I thought this, I'm, I've been learning to, to listen to the whisper. I never really paid much attention to it before, but I was like, that's a stupid question. Like that just seems idiotic. But I sat there and I was in front of somebody and I was on, doing a Zoom call. And I said, I want to ask you a question. I said, it's going to be a yes or no answer. And I don't want you to think much about it. I said, do you love yourself? Yes or no? Courtney, I was shocked. I can't remember if I ever shared this with you before. I was shocked about 75% of 175. I can't remember. I didn't keep track of them. A, a lot of people went, yeah, I think so. I mean, for the most part, or yeah, there's yeah. parts of me. Mediocre answer. Yeah. And every once in a while I had somebody, yeah, of course I love myself. And just kind of look at me like, what are you fucking stupid? And I could tell, literally, I could tell as I asked the question, I'm pretty sure I know how this person's going to respond based on the conversation that we've already had. And yeah. I and I and I think about that going back to that childhood experiences and what has this person been through in their life where they're, you know, I've already talked to them about maybe they want the ideal relationship, maybe they want the ideal job, maybe they want the ideal client, but yet at the core, at the root, they're not loving themselves. They're not finding that worth and that value within themselves. Talk to us about what we can do to get people to recognize their worthiness. Talk to us about what we can do to get people to, to step into their greatness and, 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 and let go of all the preconceived notes, let go of all the past, all the, all the things that our parents said, our teachers said, our friends yeah. said that we said we'd never be good enough. We'd never, we'd never be pretty enough. We'd never sing good enough. Talk to us about how we can regain our, our worthiness. I mean, I think the first part of it is really like we've already talked about trying to clear some noise because you need space for it. Like it's yeah. not necessarily an easy road. Um, and that's where, when you can get support and guidance, I think it's really helpful because sometimes people are really far down that hole and need some extraction. Like you, you put that mirror in front of them with that question. Um, there is another simple way I can think of that works really well for me. And for certain people, I think it's a little harder to get to for other people um, because we have people in the world who are very much, more like um, come from things from like a gut feeling or a body feeling people who come from things from like more of a heart feeling or, you know, emotion. And then those who come from their heads. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a, all of us have a starting point in that triad. Um, and, and then we work with the other layers. Um, those who are oriented toward feeling a gut sensation or having that instinct, 
there's a thing called the sacral response. And it's literally essentially asking yes and no questions of yourself where mm. you have to answer yes or no. And yeah. there's no, if, if you, if there's any wavering, it's no. So, yeah. and, and it's a really good way to suss out tough decisions quickly. So Love like it. if something crosses your plate, like, should I unfollow these people on Instagram? Like truthfully, I did all that unfollowing. And then I went back and added like 10 people back. Cause I was like, no, I need these people, you know, cause I, I, I checked as I went, I kept checking. And so I find that really useful. Like just asking yourself internally these difficult questions, yes or no. But yeah, I really think these things are like a rewiring. It's, it's, it's a practice. You sure. can't just like, Hey, I listened to a podcast and now my whole mindset's different. So <laughs> now I'm different. Like it genuinely is a rigor. You know, I know you do, um, what is your workout practice called? 60 hard or what, what is the thing? 75 called? hard. 75 yeah, hard right. I got the yeah. number wrong. So, you know, like these things where people don't say 69 hard, otherwise we'll have a different <laughs> yeah, conversation. No. no, 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 no. That's not this podcast. Um, I think that it's, you know, the idea that you have to practice something, you have to dedicate yourself to it. You have to give it some rigor. Commit. I think I mentioned that clarity, intentionality, discipline thing. Like you have to, you know, I went into this year saying, I want fierce clarity. And I didn't get there very quickly, truthfully. I went yeah. through some water between January and May, but eventually the clarity flooded in and then everything else flooded in. And you know, it's been a it's been a work in progress over many years in different ways. And I think we have to be really conscientious not to the first thing is that clear the noise. The second thing is that like check in with yourself. And the third thing I think is like give it some space. Like you cannot yeah. expect yourself just to drop into worthiness. Like, I think it's unfair that we have this stereotype of, of course I love myself. Why would I think any different? Because truthfully, many of us have had lots of noise in our lives that has told us the opposite or has told us to be something we're not in order to be lovable. Or we've had bad relationships that have really left scar tissue. And, and I think often that doesn't clarify itself for you till you're maybe farther along in life where you're looking back going, okay, I have some stuff that I need to peel back here. In spite of my beautiful, wonderful, lovely life, I really need to take a harder look at where the shrouds are and what's bothering me. Like I probably almost every day, it's interesting, like because I spend so much time with clients working through these things, friends tend to surface and just say like, what do you think about? And I'm amazed all the time at how many friends I have that are, let's say 40-ish up who are just now reconciling what they as individuals need again. Yeah. And maybe haven't done that since they were like 13, you know, like prior to having intimate relationships, essentially they were sort of doing it, but through the value system of their family. So like for some people, this is brand new. And, and then I think about also the spectrum of experiences people have. And when people haven't go, gone through hard things, like you absolutely have, when people haven't gone through these sort of traumas and these trials and really lived to tell the tale, it it's not the the most amazing things can knock them down, you know, and and it's terrifying because they've never had anything like that happen. And all of a sudden it comes out of the blue at 45 or something, and they're like, yeah. What is happening? <laughs> you know, and so I mean, in part, I feel very fortunate for my life experiences because. I, I earned my way up the ladder, you know, and there's not a lot that could cross my plate that I don't have some sort of road through. But again, the end point of that is still like, I think you have to constantly check in on your worthiness. You have to always be looking at it. Like you'll get there, you'll feel it more in a more anchored way, but you need people to remind you, you need people around you to show you love. You need people to ask 
you know, for help from, I mean, that was really how I had the breakthrough in the work that I was doing this year was I really bombed at it really between January and March. I think I said that to you in the backstage time. Oh yeah. There was, a, and it was, and I was on like, I don't even know how many versions in, it was like three years that I've been pulling on this, this one project. And the, the breakthrough was honestly me listening really hard to a friend who was in total crisis and her situation was falling apart, mostly related to work, but it was causing her like bodily stress and physical ailments and like all these things. I was really listening. And then I turned it back and was like, I need you to help me figure this out because she was in the moment of the people I was trying to help. And then I recruited, you know, essentially 11 other women from around the world. And this group of women came together and like test drove the thing with me bit by bit And, but I had to really put down my ego and put down any sense of pride, any sense of this should be perfect or complete before I hand it to them, because it was literally being built as they were assessing and they weren't easy on me and it was perfect. And at the end of it, that same friend who's been my friend for like 27 years came back to me. She sent me a gift in the mail internationally, just a small thing and a card that was like, I, you finally asked for help. And like, she totally called me on it. It was a full circle moment. It was very beautiful. Like, I mean, I literally have every bit of training to know better and I right. still screw this up. <laughs> you can't see the picture when you're in the frame, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, you can somewhat, but you got to keep having other people help you look at the picture. You've got to put a mirror up to the picture. You've got to, you know, you've got to look at it at all on all the angles, I think. Yeah. And I think that's something so important. I want to key in what you said, Courtney, is the fact that when we have people in our lives that will be honest with us, we've been talking about honesty, we've been talking about introspection and reevaluating our priorities and our disciplines. That is so important is to have people in our life that don't just say, yeah, Chris, you're so awesome. Yeah, Courtney, you're so awesome. We want people to sit there and say, okay, listen, I'm going to ask you a question. I want your honest feedback. What can I do to make my show better? What can I do to improve this or that? And you want people to say, oh, you're so, I get people saying that all the time. But when you have key people in your life that sit there and say, okay, let me put this, let me put you to the test here. And fortunately, I've surrounded myself with some amazing people who do that. You know, we know some of the mutual people in that space. Mm -hmm. And I know you'll do that as well, is the fact that, you know, when we get that honest feedback, it may hurt for a second, but what is that hurt going to turn into? That hurt's going to turn into action. That hurt's going to turn into that opportunity to say, okay, and we're talking about asking questions of ourselves. What am I supposed to be learning from this? And that's what I encourage all, everybody watching and listening to this is when you think about the trials and tribulations that you're going through in your life, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Because that gives meaning, that gives value. That doesn't put us in a victim mindset. That puts us in a victor mindset to take ownership of saying, okay, listen, this shit sucks. I'm not going to lie. And I tell people all the time, like, Chris, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I'm like, fuck yeah, it's going to be hard. But guess what? It's going to be worth it. Yeah. So what is it that I'm supposed to be learning from this? What am I supposed to be gaining from this? And I think about the fact that so many people think they're doing the best they can. And I'm one of those guys, I'm the coach that says, okay, we're going to put some leverage on this shit. We're going to put some leverage on it. I talk about no regrets all the time. I tie the book right behind me. No regrets of the die or the uh, five regrets of the dying, which I quote all the time. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get a hold of that author. She's should pay me money for being (laughs) recommended it. But you know, so many people think they're doing the best they can. But when I sit there and I re, 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 reshape their perspective about that, it's pretty incredible what they can really find out what they're, what they're capable of. I want you to talk about that because I think that all ties into worthiness and the fact of boundaries and what we're talking about. Talk to us about a time maybe in your life where you weren't necessarily doing your best. And what was that event that woke you up to realize that your potential was so much greater than what you were giving? Oh, well, okay. There are probably several, if I'm honest. Um, no lie. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm being honest here. I'm being honest. I'm, being, I'm in my worthiness. Chris. This is the raw and lying show. <laughs> yeah, the, the, what would you say? The the raw, the very, very raw, the yeah, extra exactly. raw. 
um, raw and unscripted, very unscripted. I think um, there were a lot, there have been many, many things. Some of them are very small. Some of them are very big. And I really believe that concept that says the only way out is through. And mm -hmm. I think that the personality that I am, I have a lot of innate resilience, but I'm also um, somebody who has a hard time, you know, showing that, I guess, exposing that, I guess, and really looking for that opportunity to embrace, um, I guess, the real raw, dirty, rough version of what's happening and what needs to shift. Um, yeah, there's so many things I could think of, but one key thing that kicked me into high gear in terms of not resting on my laurels, I was shifting gears from being a brand agency owner to actually I was in the process of writing a book and I was in the process of working on the work I do now. And I was finding it difficult. Like it was a difficult transition. It was a lot of training. I wasn't sure where I was going to find clients. I don't live in a giant metropolis where I could just kind of pluck my clients from, you know, people I found. And at that time it was, you know, a lot of that kind of networking in real time in downtown centers and things. Um, and one day I literally came home to work on my book. A gentleman came up to my car, approached my car, knocked on my window, um, ended up beating me with a gun and carjacking me at gunpoint and taking everything in my car, all my identity, all my stuff, my car, my computer, like everything that ran my business was in my car, including a handwritten version of the manuscript I was working on. And, you know, after that event, literally in the moment that it was resolving and I was, you know, surrounded by police and ambulances and all these things, I had this clarity that like, you can't change or fix anybody else. And it's time to do your own work right now. And it was a very divine message. There's a whole longer story that I've told in some other places about all the details of that. It was a very spiritual ancestral experience. I had definitely some guides talking to me during that, giving me instruction about what to do and how to fight back and who to be in that moment. And it, but it, you know, it was a karmic battle with this guy. Like we had karma, we had work to do and he was there to trigger my life in a different direction. I see it that way now, you know? And so I, it took me some time, of course, like it was a very PTSD inducing thing. It was two years of court. It was, you know, turning over insurance and all the things that come with losing your vehicle and all these other things. But, um, and it was also me being an entrepreneur and needing to pull up my bootstraps and like still somewhat be in service to my clients while trying to take care of all this or my business was going to be gone. Right. So there was no like sort of workman's comp to lean on. Um, so, you know, it was a very complicated situation, but after a couple of years, I really saw it as an initiation and an opening, and it gave me access to listening to anything from people. And it gave me access to, uh, you know, really drawing the boundary of like, do not offer unsolicited advice, do not offer to help when no one's asking, do not try to fix or change people, just be present for them and wait for their request, you know, respond and react. Um, and it, and it fundamentally escalated the work I do. Like I credit that experience and everything that came with it, the spiritual side, the truthfully recovery from PTSD side, the people that I leaned on and had to ask for help from side and the people that really showed up for me in phenomenal and profound ways. I credit that whole container 
for putting me in the place I'm in now doing the work I do. It drove the trainings I went to. It drove the choices I made. It drove every, I have literally no attention span for not abiding by a boundary when I see that it needs to happen. My problem is like everyone, I'm sometimes blind to where I need a boundary, but yeah. once I see it, I can't unsee it. And that was not the case in the past. I was always to harmony first. I was always to how I was sort of you know, as a younger kid, like just want to take care of everybody and make sure everybody's okay. And and that was starting to get toxic. I, I was starting to overmanage my kids in a way I didn't need to. I was starting to overmanage parts of my relationship. I was, I was really not working in the right direction to be a healthier person. So I do really believe that sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it's really freaking jarring and you just don't know which version you're going to get. But sometimes what you think is going to be the worst craziest experience of your life turns into the greatest gift. And I do know that biologically, those of us who can feel gratitude in general or joy in general, but particularly for the redemption and the recovery from those experiences, honestly have biologically better chance of living a long life. Like mm. we just are happier, more balanced, more physically able people, truthfully. So like, there's something very ancient about that. Like we need to be more resilient in our bodies. We need to be more resilient with the combination of body, mind, and heart. We need to put all these elements together. This is kind of why I started by saying, I really believe old is new. I think we need to take a rewind back to some True. old practices and be a little bit more steady in our way of being in some very simple, clear ways. And then let that inform our conversations and our patients and our growth. But also just to like really, you know, in that same scenario, the detective in charge of that situation brought me that notebook after a couple of days when they found my car. My car was an impound much longer than that, but he knew that was critical to me and it couldn't be duplicated. And he, he delivered it to my doorstep. Angel. And then one year from the date of my attack, my book published showed up on my doorstep. That was the mailing date, not planned. Dude. So like, and again, I, honestly, my book is not my favorite thing. Like I'll write another one at some point and I'll write one that I'm really, really happy with one like yours, how you, you're happy with yours. And also there was a birthing process. There was a full circle. There was me trusting other people to take care of me and me letting the process happen and me letting people show up for me in court. Oh, none of that would have been me prior to that. So, you know, that's an extreme example but I think it's a good illustration of the complexity of these shifts. Sometimes, sometimes it takes all of those tiny elements. Dude, Courtney, 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 Courtney fighter, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to have you back on the show. It's been long overdue. I'm going to send you a link so we can get you back on the show. There's so many different places we can go. I love talking to you. I think our, I believe that I know our conversation tonight will help so many people, whether they're watching live or listening on the, on the podcast, where can people get a hold of you and continue the conversation, uh, and find out more about the wild humans and everything else. Uh, they can visit the site, which is thesewildhumans.com. There's a lot going on there and, and building. It's brand new, building and developing. So a lot will be happening in the next few weeks and months. I'm also offering free um, Enneagram workshops on LinkedIn. So the, my next one is this Thursday, but I'll be doing that once a month on LinkedIn. And this is a sneaky special, uh, I guess, um, reveal that I haven't offered anywhere yet because I was going to do it tomorrow online. I am going to, for those that participate in those workshops and they're free, offer some very special like exclusive discounts and things like that to some of the products in Wild Humans so that hopefully it can be as accessible as possible. So LinkedIn's a great spot. Um, and if they're connected with you, you're connected with me and we share a lot of things. So I'm sure they'll find me. Um, just my first and last name is my backslash after LinkedIn slash in, I guess. And then these wildhumans.com. Um, those are probably the best places.
And they can also get a hold of you from CourtneyFighter.com as well. That's where That's everything true. is at. They can. And also Instagram. My Instagrams are really, really easy at Courtney Fighter um, and at These Wild Humans. So, in yeah, um, the trickiest thing with my name is just spelling it right because it's German and it sounds like the E and the I should be reversed. So as long as so these so spell wild it for everybody humans, who's listening. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. So, um, my name is spelled C O U R T N E Y. And the last name is F like Frank E I D like dog E R. So yeah, you can find me there. I'm pretty easy. If you, if you get it spelled right, if you Google, you can find all yeah. kinds of ways to reach me. hundred percent. Courtney, 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 this has been uh, an awesome conversation with you, my dear. I appreciate you so much. I, and everybody just please connect with her. I mean, obviously the, the gift of the conversation tonight in so many different aspects, there's probably so many different bullet points here that people can just, if they just, if you guys just take one of them and go expand on it in your, in your own particular life. It's incredible what you can, what you can accomplish, but please go follow and connect with Courtney. Her offer is amazing. I can vouch for a thousand percent. I've been friends with her for uh, at least, at least three or four years now. Uh, we've shared many clubhouse rooms and many conversations and we've helped a lot of people together. Um, so I just think the world of you and I appreciate you, my dear. Um, we've had so many different people, um, a comment tonight and, um, Lancelot says here, very relatable Courtney. Oh, um, there's been so many great conversations uh, or great comments tonight that I've highlighted here as well. I'm going to place you backstage. My sister don't go anywhere. Cause I still want to have a little chat with you, but I'm just going to close out the show. Um, but thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Chris. I'll come back anytime. You are welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have had so many beautiful people in here. We've had Debbie in the house. We've had Serena in the house. We've had Patty in the house. We've had Robert in the house. We've had Lancelot in the house. So nailed it, brother. By the Hi, by the way. Hello. Thank you for being here. we got Lynn Serrano in the house. Thank you, my big sister from another mister. Appreciate you. We've got Jordan Thomas in the house. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Mark Cox. What's going on, Mark? Follow Mark. He's a great guy. I was recently on his show. Uh, genuine individual, uh, a game changer. So go definitely check out Mark Cox. Uh, if you guys go to the Raw and Scripted show, um, he's actually going to be an upcoming guest. Um, appreciate that. We got uh, uh, Almadar uh, in the house. I think I'm going to be on uh, their show uh, this Thursday, I think at 3 or 4 p.m. in the afternoon. We got uh, Believe in Yourself. What's up? Says thank you both. Hey. Um, thank you. I think that's still Robert Broker, but he's coming to us from, uh, from YouTube. So the thing I want to stress upon you tonight is the fact that what we've offered you are opportunities for you to change your perspective, right? We're not asking you to have major shifts in your perspective. We're asking you just to change it just a little bit. What kind of boundaries can I draw? What things can I let go of? Who can I let go of? What can I sit there and make more space for in my life? What can I figure out is more of a priority than complaining about what it is that I don't have? We've invited you to the opportunity for sit there to look at your perspective and say, Hey, listen, have I gone through some shit in my life? Yes. And this is what Courtney was just talking about. I want you to believe this, that everything that has happened and everything that is happening is preparing you for what's next. Digest that for a second. Everything that has happened and everything that is happening is preparing you for what's next. I often have to remind myself of that. I know I'm going through a serious influx of a serious transitional period in my life. It's been happening now for pretty much most of the year and I'm frustrated and I get impatient, but I also sit there and I'm like, I'm excited. I'm excited about what's going to happen next. I had a great conversation with somebody yesterday. I'm going to be repositioning myself a little bit less as a coach. Um, might be going back more into the corporate space as a consultant. And that's kind of freaky. But at the same time, it's kind of exciting because, you know, when we realize maybe we ran our course in something, so oftentimes we hang on to that. Oh, that's what I'm known as. I'm the no excuses coach. I've been coaching for 20 years. It's kind of frightening. But at the same time, it's exciting. You know, when you sit there and, and think about that, that life is coming in seasons, 
right? People come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Same thing with careers and same thing with everything else in our life. But so oftentimes we want to stay in the same spot. Why? Because it's safe and it's predictable and it's certain. Tony Robbins talks about the fact that we, you know, we do things, you know, for certainty, we do things for one or two reasons to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. This opportunity for you tonight, for you to experience this conversation is an opportunity for you to reflect on what is working for you and what is not working for you, right? Is this relationship providing value into my life? Yes or no. If it's no, then let it go. There are so many people I've had to wish well, even my own blood and flesh and blood, my sister, I've talked about the story a little bit. I had to wish her well. I got reconnected with her after not seeing her since I was nine years old, reconnected to her with her in my late thirties, um, found out that she and I shared no similarities aside from some blood. And I just, re- I just decided the toxicity was not going to be allowed in my life. And I wished her well. I said, Hey, have a great life. I hope you get everything that you want, but please don't contact me again. I've done that with former friends. I've done that with business associates. You know, you got to draw your boundaries. And I think Courtney did a great job of uh, delineating that. So if you jumped into this conversation late, please go back to the beginning of this because we've really hit the ground running and what it is that you can do and apply in your life. The whole point of this show is strategies and things that you can apply right now. So I encourage you to go back and take notes and write these things down and sit there and say, okay, phase one is this. What am I tolerating? What are my boundaries? Phase two, how can I feel more worthiness in my life? Phase three is this, because it's all packed into this particular episode. And I'm so excited and appreciative for Cordy being here and you guys for being here as well. Mark put the, the link in here for you guys listening on the podcast um, where I he interviewed me and it was a very, very raw and unscripted and a very bold uh, conversation. So thank you, Mark, for putting that up there as well. You guys can catch that in the show notes as well. So what is it that you're going to do with your life? you have this opportunity. If you're playing the someday game, hoping, wishing, and praying that someday something or somebody's going to change, it's not going to happen. It's got to be you. You're watching this. You're listening to this because you're put in the spot right now because the, when, the, when the student's ready, the teacher shows up, right? Um, the last thing I'll say about all of this is, as you know, as I might be transitioning out of being a one-on-one coach and whatnot, um, I am offering a group accountability coaching program that I'm going to be doing. It's something I've never really done before, but I'm being called to offer this because I know so many people are struggling and they can't necessarily afford to work with me one-on-one. If you're at all interested in that, I don't have all the details together, but I know it's going to be super affordable. If you're interested in that, direct message me, however you want to do it. You can send me an email, Christopher at ChristopherRoush.com. It's something I'm being called to do, so I'm working out the details, but it's going to be super affordable. I'm going to make the first three months ridiculous so you can test drive the thing, but it's just my way of giving back because I know so many people are out there struggling and I know that I am the opportunity there to make a difference in your life. So if that speaks to you, great. If not, no worries, no harm, no foul. I do this show because I'm here to provide value. It's been 233 episodes. I guarantee you, and I won't say that very often, I guarantee you, you go back and watch each one of the episodes. There's one thing you can take out of that. So when you think there's 365 days in a year and there's 233 episodes, just think of what you can apply in your life. Maybe in the next six months, to three years, you can totally transform your life based on the free content that's here. So it's up to you. It's up to you whether or not you've reached your pain point. Ask yourself, when am I going to have had enough? When am I going to have had enough? So I thank you guys all for being here live or on the replay. Uh, Again, if you got into the show halfway through, go back and watch the beginning of it because it's been pure fire. Please connect with Courtney. As again, we mentioned that before, uh, CourtneyFrider.com. You guys can go Google her and everything and you can find out more information about her. I love you guys. I want to be back next week. Um, You're always asking me uh, who's going to be next. I think, who do we have next week? We have so many. We're booked up and through April, guys. 
we're up and through April. Oh, we got Jen Grosso uh, next weekend. Jen is another phenomenal superstar. It's going to be another fire conversation. I guarantee you that um, our pre-interview, we like went on for like an hour and I'm like, we should have just recorded this. Um, so we'll be back here again next week, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Put it on your calendar. Join me live. Bring your questions. Bring your engagement. If there's anything I can do for you guys, as always, you know, go check me out. Noexcusescoach.com. Got plenty of programs and things there to offer you. I love you guys. Go out there and be the change that you bitch about and go out there and live a great life. And uh, I love you guys. We'll see you here next week. Cheers.